0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing digital infrastructure and the growth of internet traffic and how that's being facilitated Around the world, and to do that, we're kindly joined by the head of digital infrastructure at Triple Point Investment Management, Thor Johnson. Thor, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. A pleasure to be with you. So, we're going to be discussing a number of assets that you're you're looking at and have already invested in in the investment trust that you manage in D Nine infrastructure. But before we do that, Thor, would you be able to give us an introduction into yourself, first of all, as well as Triple Point and the investment trust that you manage?
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Thor Johnson, uh, and I grew up in the States. I uh, grew up in Arizona. Uh, my father was a, a physician for the Native Americans, uh, spent a lot of time in the uh, in the Western remote areas um of the United States. I I moved to uh, Britain about 20 plus years ago uh, and uh, moved to the buy side specifically over 15 years ago, uh, doing infrastructure uh, investments, uh, majority control. Uh, I've invested well over 2 billion across my career. Uh, And over the last six plus years, I've focused exclusively on digital infrastructure investments. Uh, you know, prior to that, I was a bit more of a generalist. I covered all sectors, um, and ultimately, uh, we uh, formed uh, D Nine uh, with Triple Point uh, to raise capital uh, to focus just on digital infrastructure investments. And the structure of it's a great fit. It's very complementary to what we're looking to do in digital infrastructure, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, yeah, uh, it's been an exciting start.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. So, you're at Triple Point. Now, Triple Point is designated and specializes in impact investing. Indeed, listeners to the podcast will be familiar probably with uh, the Triple Point social housing REIT and the presentations that they've given on our virtual conferences in the past. So, how does the D9 infrastructure? Uh, fund and investment trust fit into that impact investing side of things.
1: It's a, it's a great question, uh, and it's why I am at Triple Point. Um, when we were meeting different parties, what really, uh, when we are looking at the opportunity set, uh, what struck me about Triple Point uh, is their embedded uh, ESG uh, nature to who they are, and what I mean by that is it's not just uh, on the tin or a, a shiny thing they put on a website. Uh, it's core to who they are. Um, and you see that from the individuals through to how they structure fund strategies. Um, and it's, you know, what they describe it as, it's not just an impact investors, it's uh so the funds aren't uh, the traditional definition of impact investing, they do have impact funds. But in everything we do, uh, we look for that core purpose uh, that is complementary to uh, impacting uh, the world that we're around. And D nine specifically, in fact, the name uh, the name is uh, you know is part of this um, is was created uh, as such that we find a uh, a purpose that creates an underla- sorry an underlay purpose to everything we do. Um, and that purpose, uh, we came from the UN Sustainability Goal number nine, and that's why we called it D nine. Uh, it's a so it's a purpose driven approach, uh, and it really are two aspects to it, two elements. One is to significantly increase access to information and communications technology. So that's pretty straightforward. That covers a lot of digital infrastructure, but the major subset there is digital divide and. Uh, It's an area that I have a deep passion for. Uh, It's something that I think is going to be an increasing social challenge that we have to address. Uh, And as an investor, to have the privilege to be able to create uh, profits for uh, investments—sorry, profits for investors—by solving digital divide issues, uh, not just in this country but globally, it's just exciting. Uh, So it it creates a, a a real. Uh, motivation to everything we do. Uh, the, the second aspect of the uh, UN sustainability goal, number nine, uh, was around uh, doing it, uh, investing in an environmentally sustainable way. And of course, the major subset there is decarbonization, particularly with data centers. So the combination of that and the opportunity uh, to have this purpose underlay or overlay to everything we do, just creates a, it just makes us somewhat unique. And we look at things in a unique way. Um, and to do this in a market that now is realizing that uh, is this is a major challenge. Uh, we need to decarbonize data centers. Uh, it's important to our customers. Uh, it's important to our suppliers, um, uh, but also digital divide. Uh, that's important for society. That just makes it a really interesting place to invest. So, Triple point, um, as a, as a, and you'll see it in the tagline, uh, people and purpose. Uh, people, we, we look at our fund as uh, we have some of the best people that we're working with, but also the partners and you know customers, but also suppliers that we look at. We look at creating long-term sustainable relationships. Within our fund, we look at our uh, levels of expertise. One of the things that makes us unique is we hold ourselves out as being a specialist in digital infrastructure. Our experience set is over $250 billion in transaction experience. That's a key metric for me to focus on as I look at our team and how we're evolving. Uh, the purpose I talked about, but the two of those together then, the output of all that is profit. And we want an exemplary profit that we're proud of, that our investors are thrilled with but ultimately also means that we can come back and uh, and we're not embarrassed by it. So suppliers uh, and partners want to keep working with us going forward. And that for us is all about delivering sustainable yield ultimate to the investor. Uh, and that is what D9 is about, delivering that sustainable yield.
0: Thank you, thank you. So Im- impact investing, Tour. When, when we're sort of looking at how things have developed during the, the pandemic now there's some stats out there that we were seeing a yearly growth of about 30 percent in internet traffic in the run-up to the uh, the pandemic now that was obviously the opportunity for for d9 at at that point i mean how's that changed during the pandemic for for d9 and how's that i'm going to shape how you invest going forward?
1: Well, you know, the, I, I think what the uh, pandemic and COVID um, really showed us is how much we rely on this digital world uh, and how much it can do for us as a society to maintain levels of connectivity uh, alone. Uh, it's, it's shown that, uh, I, you know, it certainly has accelerated certain business cases, uh, without a doubt. Um, in terms of investment opportunities with different companies and investors. Um, uh, The the demand has accelerated a bit. Um, um, But I'd argue, um, you know, the biggest change to it uh, is really investors' investment cases and the thesis there has realized, wow, this is a sustainable asset class. It is different. It is the new industrial uh, age we're living in uh, with digital technology. And we're just at the start of it. Um, and you can go down and you can look at all the you know, different use cases of digital infrastructure or digitization, uh, and the impact is is profound. Uh, and, but we're just at the start of that. And that's the exciting thing in this sector.
0: So, Tor, when you ipo would earlier on this year, you set out with a number of particular assets that you were going to invest in to facilitate the digital world, uh, obviously facilitate the, the internet and the growth that we're seeing in the internet. Would you be able to, before we go into more details about the portfolio, give us a little bit more about the mandate of the assets that you are setting out to invest in?
1: Yes, we are investing in four different uh, subsectors, if you will, uh, within digital infrastructure. Uh, and for us, they're somewhat unique. Um, uh, number one, data centers. Um, you've heard data centers uh, mentioned before, I'm sure. Uh, but this is a, uh, an asset class that uh, is demand is increasing in data centers. The level of data we generate is increasing. Um, the, the reliance on applications driving uh, processing through data centers is increasing. Now, again, we're just at the start of all that. Uh, Terrestrial fiber, uh, the fibers that connect our homes uh, and businesses. Uh, In the UK, we've widely um, uh, talked about is just the the need to increase fiber connectivity to the home. Uh, The government is targeting 85% of households to have fiber access by 2025, uh, whereas the latest reports had it around 22%. Uh, That's an interesting area. Um, wireless infrastructure the third subsector um, you know that's an area that uh, you know covers mobility your access uh, your cell phone's access to the internet and uh, or through Wi-fi uh, or even uh, obviously 5g uh, is an area of interest for us within uh, wireless infrastructure the fourth subsector which is somewhat unique and we do look at this as a uh, an interesting uh, area for us, it's subsea. Uh, it's the subsea fiber. Uh, this is; These are the uh, assets that connect up what we call data center clusters around the world. Uh, and that subsea network, uh, it carries 98% of the world's data. Uh, so it's essential service. Uh, it's uh, a network that continues to grow and evolve. Uh, and one of our assets and our investments is right at the heart of it and what's going on in that space. So four different subsectors, data centers, trusted fiber, wireless infrastructure and subsea.
0: Thank you, thank you. That was, that was that was that was that was very clear. Tor, thank you. So people will be listening to that and they'll be wondering, you know, what the assets look like that you're investing in. So of course we can we discuss the the portfolio, but I think if we take it to you know a little bit more of a, a high level initially, I mean, are you are you looking for assets which are which are new established assets, or you are you looking for assets that have been in operation for some time? Is there a certain geography that you're looking for in terms of the assets that that you are, and of those four? Uh, subsets that you just mentioned there is there any one of those at this point in time you have a particular interest in and and see the pipeline of your investments being focused on
1: um yeah you know so uh, in general we're more focused on operating assets um and that of course is because of the yield focus of the fund uh that being said, uh, it's a growth sector. Uh, so invariably uh, you find that there are development opportunities that are complementary to that operation uh, operating platform that, uh, that we target. Uh, overall, if I think about the subsectors, uh, you know we're equally interested, but I'd say you know the cornerstone investment which we can come back to and talk to for us was in subsea. Uh, Subsea is very interesting for us uh, because of that platform. It's a unique asset, but ultimately also because it has driven an interest for us and an opportunity set uh, into data centers. Uh, And so data centers is an area that we see is is an important focus for us going forward. And between those two assets, we see ourselves that is close to over a majority of our target uh, fund investments. Trust your fiber is very interesting. As I mentioned, it's uh, a, you know different assets are almost discrete assets in their own right. Um, there is a little bit of a synergy with the, with the data centers in the subsea, but the focus there, again, also with the fiber in the home area is, uh, is very unique and a, a really discrete asset and in investment. Uh, wireless infrastructure is, uh, is always an interesting area, but it's also been very interesting to a lot of companies for a long time. So opportunities are fewer and farther, um, few and far, uh, or, or difficult to achieve and and, uh, and 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 find. That being said, we do have a few assets that we're targeting there.
0: So, how how do you see things changing going forward? So you, you've obviously set up and you, you have your um, initial investment then, and, and I believe you you've made another one. But how do you see things? progressing over the coming five years in terms of, number one, the, the assets that you're you're looking at now? Um, do you think that will change in terms of looking at those four subsets there? Do you think the way that the internet's going, the way the infrastructure is going, that we could see, or you could see some opportunity for uh, the market to be shifting to any one of those um, four subsets? Or, or do you think really that the infrastructure that we have now on a digital basis for the internet is a groundwork for the market you're looking at, which will continue over the next sort of five to 10 years?
1: Uh, you know, it would be hard to, to um, you know, focus on any specific subsector uh, as, as more important than the others. Um, they are all equally important. We are Because we are targeting assets globally, uh, it's also difficult because some areas there's more opportunity in data centers. Um, uh, in other countries, more uh, opportunity in terrestrial fiber. Um, and so it really, it really depends. Uh, overall, uh, the, the important aspect is if you think about the digital infrastructure value chain and you know, whether it's you know, the connectivity uh, element at the home through fiber, the, wa- the mobility connectivity into the internet. So these are the, 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 the uh, outer ends of the network moving into the core network and terrestrial fiber and data centers, and then of course subsea. All these assets are, you know, the demand for access to them is growing. I mean, that that is the one certainty that we see: data is growing, <laughs> uh, yeah. data traffic is growing, your demand for data storage is growing. So it, it it's uh, it's a, it, it, you know, depending on how you slice it and where you slice it, they're all in demand, and that's really what we're playing into. And having that access and that, you know, I talked about the people and that skill set and that expertise, that experience set within digital infrastructure, having that specialized focus is really what unlocks the opportunity for us. Uh, You know, it's being able to look across the value chain, figure out where the interesting opportunities are at any given time.
0: So, Tor, let's now drill down into the portfolio. When you IPO'd, you had... Uh, one asset that you you set out and acquired, and I believe you, you've made a subsequent one uh, recently. So, what do they look like? Where are they operating? And can you give us some more details around those.
1: Yeah, and it, it really does unpack our strategy in a, in a, a bit more too. With our cornerstone investment was a company called Aquacoms. Aquacoms is a business that has. Um, it, 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 cables, subsea cables uh, across uh, the ocean. So they connect up data center clusters on either side of uh, the continents. um, And in this case, North America to Europe. Uh, It's made up of different uh, assets across the Atlantic basin specifically. Um, Overall, over 20,000 kilometers of subsea fiber. Uh, We also connect up within the continent. So Ireland to the UK. Uh, and also into Denmark. Um, this is an asset that is, as I mentioned before, Sub-C is the backbone to the internet. Uh, the, what makes Aquacoms unique has been their focus as an independent player, carrier neutral, focusing on the level of operations and services they provide customers. They've driven a high level of availability since launch, you know, industry-leading five nines. Uh, That really is a a testament to the success of the management team, uh, but also that operational focus as as an entity and and as a strategy to say, you know, we are going to be best in class at this slice of the infrastructure value chain. And we will be open to anyone who wants to use us, uh, you know, in the carrier world. You know, it's not a captive asset like traditionally a lot of telecoms. You'd see sort of the incumbent uh, monopolies try to gobble up different parts of the value chain. Aquacoms is focused on the subsea side and providing that access to that network, uh, you know, to anyone suitable who needs that transit capacity across uh, the ocean. What's interesting about Aquacoms also is the modern uh, capability of their network. Um, so this is a business that's been around for a while, of course. I mean, telegraph cables have been in the ocean for a long, long time. I think it's coming up to their uh, over their 100th uh, year anniversary. Um, uh, Aquacoms uh, has two uh, modern systems in the water today, uh, expecting to uh, complete on a third next year. Uh, in an environment where cables typically last for about 20 to 25 years, that's the design life of these systems. Uh, and Aquacoms having more modern systems what you look at is when you when you look at the market in the North Atlantic, uh, particularly in the North Atlantic, there are a lot of legacy cables. Uh, there was a long period of time where no new subsea cable systems were put in. Partly, it's complicated when you're trying to get a bunch of carriers together to do uh, to invest it in an asset and to manage that asset going forward. That's very difficult. Uh, so there's a long period of time where no new assets were developed. And so now Aquacoms finds itself in really in an enviable position um, where they uh, have a strong market share, uh, but ultimately are a leading provider of this independent service across the Atlantic. The, the contracts, uh, you know, as a whole, one uh, of the themes, again, being sustainable uh, in the sustainable yield environment that we're trying to build, our focus with Aquacomms, or sorry, with across the portfolio has been finding assets that have long dated contracts with some inflation protection in them. And Aquacoms represents that. There's inflation protection within long dated contracts and a resilience to their business as well in the contracts that they provide uh, that are less than 20 years.
0: So how does that look like in terms of your investment strategy going forward of course you know with, with aquacomms um you you've got the ownership there of, of the company i mean do you see uh, the investment trust starting to look out to taking you no know, sort of smaller stakes we may not have as much control in in companies as the as a bit as the as the trust grows and you know, obviously, sees a relatively small number of assets at the moment in the, in the trust. How do you see that progressing over the coming years? I mean, is that something you're planning to uh, expand, uh, you know, take it up to sort of 10 plus assets? Or do you want to keep the number of assets within the portfolio relatively small?
1: Well, no, I, 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 we would see ourselves targeting that 2 billion AUM side. Uh, and numbering, and you know, if I think about our pipeline of assets, really targeting uh, within that two billion, well, you know, ten different investments is sort of the, uh, I think is a simple uh, metric uh, that we could focus on. Um, ultimately, uh, for us, uh, you know, it, it could go up or down from there depending on sort of where we go. Re- you know, relatively balanced across the different subsectors. But if I think about the, the, the near-term focus and strategy for us of you know, being that best-in-class provider of subsea network, what it's really allowed us to, one of the aspects of Subsea uh, is that it, it does tend to be the pinch point across broader network uh, architecture, digital infrastructure, value chain, is a, uh, uh, in other words, that pinch point does tend to be subsea, partly because it takes so long to build these assets. Um, and ultimately, what that has allowed us to, uh, to be is really be in the at the forefront of where we believe the digital infrastructure landscape is moving. How data flows are ebbing uh, across the Atlantic and within geographies. Um, and so, the natural place then, uh, and out <laughs> the next step along the value chain for us are, of course, data centers. And so, for us, the interest now is really understanding, um, you know, what we're. Uh, overall, the focus, the investment focus has been on looking at data centers and we've been involved in a number of different processes. And so we'd expect the fund to make the next investments in data centers. Um, uh, that being said, as I said before, fiber is also very interesting. And they're, you know, particularly given the challenges that you see here in the UK. So we'd hope that there'd be an opportunity there uh, to, you know, to, to, um, Help also help address some of the social problems that we uh, have with that digital divide. Uh, so overall, two billion focus. You know, ten different assets. We'd say minimum within that, uh, and ultimately, uh, you know. But the near-term focus is definitely on the data center side.
0: Fantastic, thank you. So. Of course, one of the, the big attractions for investors to the trust will be that the, the yields. And would you be able to give us a little bit of sort of background about the reliability of, of cash flows within the businesses that, that you're operating? And, you know, how can they compare to, you know, sort of more traditional forms of infrastructure, maybe utilities and such like, you know, obviously, there's certain government price caps that have been putting in, which has which um, crushed some of the businesses here in the UK, which have been traditional infrastructure um, projects, you know, just sort of looking at energy, for example. I mean, what's sort of driving the revenue generation for uh, the, the assets that you're looking at? And what's the sort of fluctuations and uh, sort of potential reliability of, of the assets that you're seeing there in terms of their cash generation? Yeah,
1: and, and, and that really was one of the reasons for the Aquacom's cornerstone investment. Um, it underpinned, uh, you know, their cash generation uh, was uh, was very, very strong. Uh, so it allowed us to go out with a, you know, a relatively high yield relative to our, our peers um, at, at 6% um, and suggest that that is our target. Uh, and part of it's because we see that cash generation capability uh, and we wanted to share that with investors. Um, the sustainability of that really comes back to that, to of long dated nature of the contracts uh, that we focus on and the inflation protection uh, built in. Uh, ultimately, of course, there's always, a, there's always aspects of a business that sometimes you don't get 20-year uh, contracts with inflation protection. So then we look at the resilience of it. You know, how important is that asset? And the interesting thing for us is being involved across the landscape, across the, you know, the uh, the value chain allows us to identify areas that we say, okay, that asset will be important for the future because of the network connectivity that perhaps we're bringing to it through the subsea. The subsea asset can add to a data center's uh, asset value, ultimately, as it looks to augment its network connectivity and attract customers to access that data center.
0: So. Thank you very much for that, Tom. I and mean, just finishing off now, what can investors expect to hear from D Nine going forward over the next um, sort of twelve months in terms of you know further news in terms of sort of you know the pipeline? Is it, I mean, is there obviously you can't give specifics, but are there a number of assets that you're looking at particularly closely that, that are going to be announced soon, or is it a case that you're sort of sitting to to wait and see what opportunities come your way
1: um <laughs> unfortunately for myself and our my team uh and our families <laughs> we're very busy um you know the space is very active right now um not surprisingly it's uh you know with the demand and the the, the surge for uh, access to these assets um It's kept us very, very busy. Uh, I think the the uniqueness of our story, um, you know, what we're trying to do with that purpose uh, driven overlay uh, is, you know, when you talk to a a vendor about that and they see what you're trying to do, it it just opens up opportunities. So it's kept us very busy. Um, Of course, uh, deals are always hard to close. Uh, so, I'd always be slightly cautious on predicting things uh, on that front. But uh, what I can say is we're very busy. Uh, there's no sitting on our hands and waiting for uh, future opportunities. Our pipeline is, you know, is quite strong. Um, not everything will close. In, in this you know, deal environment, it's uh, you know, competitive for assets. You have to be involved in a number of different assets um, and you have to assume a probability of closing certain things. That being said, we've been we've been fortunate because of, of you know my partners uh, access uh, to different parties out there that access to knowledge at where things are moving. We've been able to get access to different proprietary deals, so that does help. Uh, but it, you know, it it still is it's a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, we're new more news to come. So is all is what I can say.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. So just as a note to to listeners, we'll include in the notes to this podcast a link through to the D9 infrastructure uh, website where you'll be able to find out some more information and have a look at some of the key documents there. Uh, and obviously, have a look a little bit more about the investment strategy. Uh, and also, indeed, um, a number of other uh funds from triple points including the the social housing reach which we've had on the podcast and our virtual conferences before so Tor, thank you very much for being on the podcast today
1: thank you uh, appreciate your time and the chance to uh, tell you more about what we're doing
0: yes and i'm sure it's something as you develop over the coming years that we'll be back in touch again we very interested to see how things develop there so once again Tor, thank you very much hope so thank you thank you